This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the Bernabeu brings it back! I haven't, I haven't got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. House of Champions, future friends, drop in your comments and your questions in that chat and make sure you smash and hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we preview this weekend's top action all across Europe. In the House of Champions today, there's Michael Hood with that cheesy smile. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. United play coming around the corner. Premier League is back yet again. Lots to discuss. James Ben, just another working day, all right? Don't think you're taking a vacation today. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah, it's a bank holiday here. Uh, here I am, some good Friday, eh? Not even getting the day off. <laughs> now, I know, obviously, at this time of year, we all like to gorge ourselves on chocolate. I will be gorging myself on mm. football and chocolate. Yes, exactly what we expected from you as well, James. And just in your honor, oh, we're right. going to begin with the Premier League, all right? <laughs> because we know the Arsenal have got a mega match against Liverpool coming up here. Um, listen, the Premier League is obviously getting really intense at both ends of the table, plus the European mm. chase. But at the top of the table, many people are starting to believe now that Arsenal have got this in the bag. But are these the type of games that you have to get something from, James, to really lock it up now? Yeah, I mean, first of all, absolutely no chance that they've got this in the bag. They have by <laughs> far the more difficult fixtures compared to, to uh, Man City. Obviously, that includes going to the Etihad going to St. James's Park and going to Anfield, a ground where they've conceded three goals in each of their last four Premier League games. Um, it's not one they travel well to. And I know that this is a far cry from the Liverpool of years gone by, and I don't think they're going to go there and concede uh, four goals. But this is a good football team with good players. Mo Salah's going to be back. It's a, a team that, that rotated quite heavily and... Uh, it is going to be a really tough test for Arsenal. They don't have it in the bag. I think all this talk that you start seeing now that if they blow an eight-point lead, having played a game more, that they'll have choked is is utterly ludicrous. Um, like, have you seen the team that's chasing them and the striker who's leading that team? Uh, having said that, you know, Gary Neville said it. So many people have said it. If they went to Anfield and won, that's a huge step. You know, that's suddenly mm-hmm. you look at that fixture list and say, okay, it's just the Newcastle away game. It's just the City away game. 
and the Brighton home game. So there'd still be tough games, but a huge step it would be if they won, especially if City drops some points. Yeah, the biggest difference I've seen with this Arsenal team versus some of the Arsenal teams of old is not just what they do at home. The Emirates has been a fortress throughout the season. Look at some of the big results they've gotten. It's their ability to get results on the road in difficult places to play. It started at the start of the season, the very first game against a stubborn, bullish, then bullish Crystal Palace team. The way they started out brightly, but then hung in there. When they weren't playing at their best, they didn't concede. They didn't really give up as much. They can grind where they need to. And now they're getting players healthy. Gabriel Jesus, he will be a factor in this game. He likes to play against Liverpool in the last, what, Three times he's played against Liverpool. He's either had the goal or an assist. When he was at City, the last two times he went to Anfield, he had an assist. So he will be a player because he's coming back healthy, because he got the two goals last weekend. That's the sort of stuff and the momentum you want if you're Mikel Arteta for this matchup. I'm jumping into the comments here, and there's a great comment from Amy who already says, good morning to you, Amy. Obviously, thanks for joining us. But she says that Arsenal are likely already has won this match before it's even started. Mm-hmm. James, I've got a feeling that you're thinking it's different. And what you are, what are you expecting from Liverpool then going into this match? Obviously, witnessing what they did do against uh, Chelsea in a, a rather boring performance, but they did get a point from that game. And it was maybe a little bit more improved defensively. But what are you expecting from Liverpool in this match? Yeah, I mean, a cautious Liverpool. I, I see Amy's point, and I think you do actually have to consider Arsenal favourites for this game because that Liverpool midfield. Lucky's favourites. Yeah, and the Liverpool midfield is is threadbare. Um, Fabinho is gone. Even having Thiago back, I think if you don't have the ball, having Thiago back is not quite a, as much of a boost as you might think. Um, I mean, we're looking at the stats there as well. Forty-eight uh, goals scored, thirty-three conceded, more conceded this season than last. Um, that, I think, is the, the real issue there. And whether Van Dijk plays or not, he really looks a shadow of, of the player he was. Trent Alexander-Arnold, we've seen really struggle against um, Gabriel Martinelli. And I, I have to say the one player that doesn't get talked about, he didn't get talked about enough when he was great. But no one's really talking about how far Andrew Robertson has, has slipped back from the mm-hmm. player he was two or three years ago. That will be their worry that, like, you know, <laughs> they're their secret strength that back four has has really struggled um and i think arsenal will be kind of quite confident they can impose themselves on this game but look it's liverpool i think i heard earlier in saying that salah would be available i think he might actually end up being a bit of a doubt um mm. i heard he didn't train yesterday uh mm. if arsenal gets saliba back and arteta was very notably at the press conference saying uh, there's a player who might be training tomorrow but i won't tell you who it is i'd say it's not tommy Asso, i'll tell you that so if uh, Saliba's back, that that really does change the equation quite significantly for Arsenal, in my view. Yeah, just very quick for me. It's so difficult to completely count Liverpool out because you look at the record they've had at home this season, 30 points at home. Their away form has been woeful, but that 12th man, the crowd, the cop, they're always in the match at home. Yeah, they're definitely in a match at home. Just a quick prediction from both of you here. I'm actually expecting Arsenal to get a couple of goals in this game. I'm not sure what the score is going to be, whether Liverpool can score a goal or two themselves. But I'm I'm backing Arsenal to get a couple here. So quick prediction from you, James and Mike. Yeah, 2-1 Arsenal. I think they might actually just have this one. Yeah, if Mo Salah's a doubt, I go 2-0 Arsenal. All right, let's move on to Wolves against Chelsea. Um, obviously, the news just breaking this week wasn't necessarily breaking because he was sitting in the stands watching the previous game. Frank Lampard. But apparently, there was no. Can I just say there was no like talks then? 
They, they oh, weren't, no he wasn't there when they were talking. You know, like it all started to accelerate after he turned. So what you're saying, out. what you're saying is Todd Bowley <laughs> was watching the TV and then he went, "Who's that guy?" They keep showing on the telly. And then they went, "Oh, that's that's Frank Lampard, who, who you know is a club legend. Uh, he was yeah. previous manager." No, Can that's I get James- <laughs> Can I get you guys' take on this? I found it so weird when they announced him that the first thing they said was Frank Lampard, Premier League Hall of Famer. It does suggest that Bowley and Egbali don't kind of really oh understand like, the language around football because, yes, the Premier League has a Hall of Fame. Yes, Lampard is like a Hall of Fame player. But, like, no one calls footballers <laughs> Hall of Famers. That's what you do in baseball and NFL, Todd uh, and, and Bedard. It's also weird and... I, I mean, I wrote this piece like it's not a terrible idea, but that's only because they've made so many terrible decisions so far that somehow hiring the manager that was about to get Everton sacked is like <laughs> the best course of action because you've you've thrown so many ones, so many twos. It's like, well, God, you know, what else is there to do but keep throwing the dice and hoping something will stick? I mean, it's... Yeah, it's you, you know what... This is a good question, James, because you know what happened. And on Ian's point, Todd Bowley sitting there in his suite, presidential palace, looking at Wikipedia, and probably as it was being revised, he's going, ah, Premier League Hall of Famer, that's all I need to see. That's why it's there. It's another Todd Bowley moment that you just stop it, man. Stop it. Just Mike, before gift you, that keeps before on you follow up, before you follow up, it didn't go that far. He went, Frank, I like Frank. <laughs> I've got a mate called Frank. I think I'll hire a Frank. Let's go with that one. Carry on, Mike. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> that's all for me. Oh man, Todd Bowley. Todd Bowley, thank you. You are a House of Champions Hall of Famer in our book. Jeez. All right, let's get into the game here, Mike, because I want to know what you're expecting from this game from Chelsea Football mm-hmm. Club, but also want to know what you're expecting from Wolves. Has this game become a little bit more difficult for Wolves now that Frank Lampard's back in charge of this club, or the opposite? I think the opposite. I think quite difficult for Chelsea. This adds to the chaos. Yes, when you get a new manager coming in, it's supposed to freshen the club. But you have to keep in mind, when Frank Lampard got sacked, excuse me, there are still players within the ranks that are on this team. That's going to be super awkward. Where does he go? Who does he put in? Christian Pulisic, if I'm him, I'm just chomping at the bit because he was a player that Frank Lampard relied on and had a good season, his best season yet. Could we see him back in the fold? Raheem Sterling, who's been kind of in and out. Do we see him back in the fold? But it's it's just a bit too chaotic for Chelsea. And I think this could be a, a bit of a trap game. James? I mean, yeah. And, and also, I think Wolves, they've, they've kind of dropped off a little bit. But under Julian Lopetegui, they're, they're, they're pretty solid. They're not an easy team to watch, but they're not an easy team to play against. They've got a midfield that really can control things. I guess the question is, actually, what... Bruno Salter, who I've never seen a manager want to manage a Premier League game less than Bruno, who came in uh, came into the press conference afterwards and looked like he'd rather conduct open heart surgery on himself than uh, speak, speak about his future prospects of the job. He did actually have like a system and an, an approach that worked quite nicely against Liverpool. That three five two with Kante, Fernandez, who amid everything has been pretty wonderful, and Kovacic. You know, if you build from there onwards, get three solid centre-backs, you know that James and Chilwell are, are top wing-backs. There's something there. You're going to annoy a lot of players. But I guess, you know, for Lampard, it's a free hit. This whole this, the whole next nine games in the Champions League quarterfinal is a free hit. All you can do is improve your reputation because everyone thinks this Chelsea squad is a mess, that the team's pretty poor. 
if you kind of get them in the top half of the Premier League, and I mean, God, if you actually went and won a you know a tie a game in the Champions League, mm-hmm. you're coming out of this smelling the roses. So it's, I think it's a free hit for Lampard, and to an extent, he will enjoy this, and uh, I think he might be able to take a little bit of pressure off Chelsea. So I think this could be a tough one for Wolves. No, Ruben Neves and Johnny um, for the Wolves because uh, they're both suspended from this game but great point there James because realistically it's put Frank Lampard's name back in the category now he's got a platform to prove Mm. himself to get a better job than previously we thought he might get so big opportunity for Frank Lampard here if producer Des can throw up those fixtures one more time here I want to go just real quickly to both of you here Michael start with you Mm. how many points are you expecting Chelsea to pick up between now and these next games coming up? Because, I mean, obviously we can talk about the Champions League as well, but how many points are you expecting in the Premier League? Are you expecting to pick up from these four fixtures in the Prem? In the Prem? Holy crap. I say five at best. Five at best. With the current form, that, with the goal scoring decent, roles, though, right? That, I, said, <laughs> at, that, I said at best. <laughs> Realistically, I think the Wolves game, that is your one game where I say, okay, if you don't hit this, you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Two. Two. Two but, points. Uh, can I go, go, can I go mad? I think they might beat Real Madrid. Oh, wow. And knock them out. I mean, Real Madrid not, aren't this amazing hyper team. They're good. They're, and, you know, they're a Champions League team. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, Chelsea have got some like good footballers. I, 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 I think that all those eggs will go in that, that basket. Um, I don't particularly know why. I, partly, I think you just, you sit back and you just remember the games that Kante had against Real Madrid yeah. in, in 2021. And you have to remind yourself that Kante probably can't be that player again, but like they've got a, they've got a good midfield. They've got, they can get three good center backs out on the pitch at any one time. I, go on, I let's say it. Let's let, well, they'll put, uh-huh. they'll go for a healthful ever at it. Go on, so you think that they can, win. you think they can knock them out or just yeah. win one game? No, wow. I think they might do it. Wow. That is it's a hot I don't know. That's the hot take. James, James obviously started the uh, bank holiday drinking early. <laughs> <on>. um, <laughs> Amy's saying that she predicts that her heart will say that there's going to be four points coming in from Chelsea. Vic saying they want Chelsea to stick with Potter or Potter's Bruno. Um, Ian um, and Mike are loving the drama. We are, absolutely, Vic. And mm-hmm. um, there's no doubt about it that what's happening at Chelsea Football Club now with that mid-table position that they're in right now it's obviously interesting for all of us, and including you who yeah. are a Chelsea fan and all those Chelsea fans out there who want to have more. James pointing out that the squad is good. And if you can just get them performing with a bit of consistency and a bit of confidence, there might be something from him in that game. Maybe not so much in the Premier League for James, but certainly in the Champions League for James, which is really interesting as well. Uh, question coming in from Debago with Frank, we already bottled the Champions League, which Won is an interesting well. comment right there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one right there, though, because, I mean, you've got to consider what Tuchel did, obviously, immediately coming in. It's, it's really interesting to see in the Champions League. And it's not as if Potter did a bad job in the Champions League as well. So, all right, let's move on. we got to move on to Tottenham against Brighton here. Really looking forward to this game, actually, because this is an absolute thriller. Um, mm. Top four is certainly up for grabs here. Or is it a stretch too far for Brighton, James? I'll leave that with you. But I also want to know your opinion on De Zerbi, because no one's talking about this guy. And what he has done since he arrived at the club deserved to be spoken about. Yeah, I thought you were going to say it's a stretch too far for Tottenham, which I might have agreed <laughs> with because I don't agree at all that it's a stretch too far for Brighton. Yeah, And I think, you know, to an extent, you, you talk about the the managers is really something I want to hit on, but you talk about kind of the atmosphere and just the players. Like we, 
you know, we can compare like for like in the Tottenham squad and the Brighton squad. And I think more often than not, we'll come to the conclusion that Brighton have a better player in that position. And they have a manager who is fantastic. Um, been lucky enough to be at a few Brighton games since Deserby took over. Mm. There is a, an aggression, a purpose. It's like he, he, it helps that he has taken really good foundations from Graham Potter, whose football was a little bit more cautious, a little bit more defensive, but effective. You know, they create some chances. But when you've got that solid foundation and you can just build attacking play, thrust through Matoma, through Caicedo and McAllister in the midfield, Solly March has been, you know, Oof. magnificent out on that right wing. Um, and then they have finally got the striker that everyone said they were craving. In the, when you're given these raw materials, it's fairly easy as a manager. But one of the things I love about Deserbi is it's just a bit more fun and spark. I love being in his press conferences. They will go on for ages, but that's because he will actually tell you things. And I feel like he, if he's honest with the media, he must be being honest with the players as well. Um, wonderful manager. Uh, he's going to sooner or later go to a very, very top club. If I were counselling him, I'd say, wait yeah. out Tottenham, wait for City, Liverpool, that calibre of job, PSG, yeah. to become available. He's great. And uh, and I, I would make Tottenham, I think Tottenham will do really well to get anything from this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, James. And Liam, I agree with you most of all. Liam saying, I think we're going to get hammered. This is a game I'm least looking forward to. I'm most looking forward to it because like Chelsea, I can't wait to see which Tottenham Hotspur team shows up. With Harry Kane, though, the guy keeps scoring goals. He is the sole reason why they're even in this position. And I was having a back and forth with our producer, Des Norris, on how in the hell are Tottenham Hotspurs still in this race throughout the season? It's felt like carrying just a sack of rocks over their shoulder. It's just been one thing after another. Injuries, discontent, son not happy. So many things. For a team like Brighton, it's been a breath of fresh air to watch them. Lost their manager when they were just getting things going. And they changed their formation even. Lost one of their best players, Leandro Trossard, to Arsenal. And to do what they're doing is just miracle working by Deserby. Can't sleep on Ferguson, though. I know producer Des Norris will be happy with that. Getting a goal in one of his last couple matches. There's now attacking depth that they didn't have before. I mean, they switched their formation from a back three to a 4-2-3-1. Alexis McAllister is playing as a number 10. Good things happening for Brighton. Vic saying that Matoma has been a revelation for Brighton. He's not wrong there at all, but I actually went mm-hmm. in because I'm a little bit weird like this when it comes to the stats. And I was thinking, you know, there isn't really that double-figure goal score for Brighton. If you look at the goals, they've been really spread around. There's a lot of them coming from midfield as well. McAllister with eight goals, March with seven goals, Gross with six goals. I mean, that's pretty good return. And if you look at the strikers, Ferguson's got four goals and then Welbeck got three goals. I mean, the goals are spread around this Brighton team. They're certainly helping one another out when it comes to these big games. And I guess my question to you before real quickly I want to finish on Spurs uh, top four for Brighton is it doable Mike I think absolutely so they, they have the games in hand to do it and they're playing direct opponents you want to take points off your direct opponents the schedule favors them and I think if they can get a win or result against a team like Tottenham they will have the sa- the win in their sails for the finish May the 4th May the 4th uh, is Brighton at home to Manchester United and if they win that <laughs> I game you had to bring I that think, one up James yeah that's the playoffs, isn't it? That's the top four playoffs. United faltering, Newcastle surging. I think it's a straight fight between Brighton and United for fourth. For now, I would make United just just favourites, but Brighton are a better team. They May the fourth be with you or with Brighton on that day. Um, <laughs> no, just not on quickly, that day. Just from both of you, just 20 seconds. Uh, James, Harry Kane, what's going through his mind right now with what's happening at Tottenham on and off the field? I mean, it's... 
it's he it's clearly he's he's going to be absolutely baffled by well he's not he's going to be used to it actually isn't he mm. and i think he will naturally be looking for that that way out i think there's been reports uh, from people better connected around kane than me that say he's very keen to leave out the front door uh, he wants to depart in the right way maybe compared to to previous summers um the only real question is is does that premier league club come in i don't know how receptive he would be with the with shearer's record in sight i don't know if he'd be desperate to move abroad um if united do come in in the summer which we sort of expect to happen i think he he may he, he may well go don't count out the possibility of spurs letting him run his contract down though because they know as well as anyone that he's worth the he's the the difference between them getting the 70 plus million of champions league yes. football and them not. Great point. Mike, does he leave United? You going for United? I mean, just my my own biases aside, I think he actually goes abroad. I know it just, when it's your boyhood club, it's so difficult to go to another club. I mean, I would want him as, as a United fan for sure, but I could see him going abroad if he does leave. Score prediction, Wolves-Chelsea, then Tottenham-Brighton from you, James? Uh, 2-1 to Wolves, and I think Tottenham uh, will lose 2-0. Mike, I'm going one nil to Wolves. Chelsea will have their chances, but as they do, they will squander them. And then Tottenham, I'm going for a one-one draw. Amy saying that uh, by Kane's body language, it seems like he's already wanting to leave. Kane should be working Manchester United or Bayern Munich right now, says Vic. Liam jumping in and saying, it's all dire. Spurs backline seems to be more comfortable with Forster, says Amy. Matt jumping in and saying, everyone has been a revelation at Brighton. Forget about Matoma on his own. Thanks to everybody jumping in the comments. We'll try to get to the best of them as quickly as possible. Quick break. More from us when we return. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. If you're a US-based fan of the beautiful game, Paramount Plus is an absolute must-have subscription from NWSL to the Champions League to Serie A and so much more in between. Not sure if it's for you, that's a question mark, then you can try one month for free by using the code NWSL2020. Three. So much happening at CBS Sports across the board. Welcome back in the House of Champions. Ian John, Michael Hood and James Bench with you. Let's turn to the rest of Europe. We turn our attention to the race in Serie A right now. Um, obviously, games taking place on Friday and Saturday this week at Napoli. They only need about 12 points to clinch uh, Scudetto. Um, they do have an interesting match coming up tonight against Lecce or today if you're in the United States what of America. <laughs> what a game, especially after getting no, just a trip. I'm not, I don't care about the game. Lecce is a lovely time, lovely time. Get down to mm. Puglia, nice long weekend. This time of year, as well, the sun will be shining, some seafood by the beach. I don't I think, think you're a, no, I'll be doing that, but it'd be nice. 
<laughs> I thought you were talking American slang where you're like, yo, yeah, geez, trip, James. man, what a trip. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, James. <laughs> Mike, let's get into it because Napoli obviously needing to rebound after a bit of a humiliation last week. They have an opportunity yeah. to do so. They've been very, very good away from home. Osman obviously is an issue for them with his injury. Um, what do you expect in between now and the end of the season? You expect him to clean up pretty quickly and focus on Champions League? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the fact that you have a team like Leche, who there's a reason why James is describing it that way. It's because teams that go there feel the sun, they feel at home, and they're getting results. I mean, the last game they won was against Atalanta, surprise win, but this is a Leche team that's there for the taking. They're near the bottom half of the table, I think 16th place. Napoli's a team that when it hasn't gone right, even without Victor Osiman, they have responded. I think they have enough characters in their ranks. James, it's difficult, all right? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it, they know. And it was interesting to hear Spalletti almost sort of say this in his press conference mm. when he was talk, reflecting on that Milan game. He was sort of saying, look, well, you know, Milan have a lot to compete for. And he kind of never quite said it, but he was effectively saying, we know we're going to win the title. It's hard to to raise ourselves. And teams like Lecce that are going to be scrapping for survival, a team like Juventus coming up when they are, will be thinking we could still get top four here. Like, I think those games can be quite hard to win for the champion in waiting um, Like, because it, it will come. It will come eventually, but it's hard now not to switch your focus to the Champions League, to take it for granted. So um, I'm not quite as bullish on Mike that it will happen quickly, but like, come on, we all know it's going to happen. Yeah. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a better idea though, James? Wouldn't it be better right now if you consider the gap that they have at the top of the table? I mean, they're so far ahead. There's no doubt they're going to win Scudetto. Wouldn't it be better right now to just turn your attention to the Champions League, especially after losing mm. to Milan, and just focus team selection, resting players, playing players, whatever it is may do, all preparation is focused on that Champions League tie, first one in Milan, second one at home, and getting through the tie. Surely that has to be the focus here right now, not let you away. Yeah, it's a tough balancing act though, isn't it? Because yeah. there's no worse preparation for a big game than losing the game before, whether it's... Gio Simeone playing up front or Osimhen, where the Kvaratskhele gets zero minutes on 90. You're not doing yourself any favours losing games. But I do agree with you, Ian, that like you've got to take a big picture outlook on this. And that is, let's see, you know, let's see what our fringe players can offer. You need to frame it in your mind as like we're working on plans, we're working on options for how we beat Milan. But also deep down, Spalletti needs to know it. It's just like, you know, the, these next two weeks. The important games happen in the middle of the week, not at the weekend. Uh, quick prediction from you, Mike, here. Uh, Napoli, obviously, against Lecce. It's an early kickoff. You can watch it on Paramount Plus, of course, to everybody out there in the United States of America. Quick prediction in the scoreline here. Did Napoli get the win? Uh, I think they do, and it's going to be a close win. I see it being 2-0 or 2-1 at most, but I say 2-0, just trusting my gut on that one. Lecce keep it close. They get the win here, James? Yeah, I think so. I agree with Mike. 2-0, 2-1, 1-0, something around there. Yeah, I think we'll see a bit of a reaction here from Napoli. And, and let's not forget, if you go through this, the fixture list previously, international breaks has been a big problem um, for Napoli because every time they come back from an international break, they seem to have had a bit of a stumble. And it's happened previously before. I remember getting knocked out on Coppa Italia by Cremonese as well. So, um, yeah, 
I think we see a big, big reaction right here from uh, Napoli and expect to see the three points. Um, Producer Des wants us to talk real quickly about the Milan teams and what's happening with Inzaghi right now on thin ice. We talked mm-hmm. about Deserbi earlier on there. And James, you mentioned these big European clubs potentially having an opening for someone like him. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Inter very interested in a Deserbi because well, of what he has been doing. So just Yeah, from everything I've heard, it's... Oof. It is going to be a little bit of an Antonio Conte reunion in the summer for that particular job, but the smart, the smart Italian team will see if De Zerbi could be tempted. I don't know if he would leave the Premier League, even for one of the best jobs in Italy. Yeah, but why? Why would you? Why would you leave now for that Mm. job? In the Premier League at Brighton, challenging for potential European place. Mike, that's a cream job right there. There's no way you would want to leave that for an Inter job right now, even if they are in the Champions League, right? Nah, nah, stay away from that. That, that. that could be a potential house on fire situation. If you've built something with a team like Brighton, you have young players, you have young stars to be in the Premier League. I mean, do you have a real chance? I think that'd be almost sabotaging yourself to go to a club like Inter. Not that Inter is a bad club, but there's just so much yo-yo stuff, so much uncertainty within the ranks of Inter. You have players who, all right, you see them as part of the future, but you also have some stagnant players that they need to get rid of. All right, real quickly, uh, I want to turn my attention real quickly to what's happened uh, with Juventus. They do have a big game coming up on Sunday against Lazio and uh, Juve fans, partial ban here, Mike, coming into this game here after the racism or racist chance directed towards uh, Lukaku in the Coppa Italia match. Um, partial ban, I mean, is that something it's, that's satisfactory it's rid- or is it just... No, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Whatever? It's ridiculous. As we said, what, the last time we were on the pod or on the show, nothing was going to happen. And this just exemplifies how nothing will continue to happen. Why not go after points? Why not go after things that actually matter to use this to send as is this a statement around the league that racism, there's no place for it. I'm not surprised by Syria and some of the, the other leagues around the world. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see how fans, how leagues, how federations actually respond when it comes to racism. And I've certainly had my say this past week, so I'm going to leave it at that. Thanks, Mike, for jumping in. I appreciate it. All right, real quickly, there's no JJ here, but we do have to talk about Paris Saint-Germain real quickly before we head to break. And I know, James, you got some breaking news on the other side of break, but let's uh, discuss the Mbappe call-out of Paris Saint-Germain. He made a comment saying PSG is a big club and a big family, but it's absolutely not killing Saint-Germain when Mbappe calling out the image usage in a PSG campaign to sell 23-24 tickets and there was a massive bump in the prices there Um, this is not good and it's never good to see your star player calling you out and it continues to happen James Mbappe is becoming more a politician right now at Paris Saint-Germain than anything else yeah I mean first of all I would question isn't it Kylian Saint-Germain I mean (laughs) everything they have done to, to get him to stay inviting him to you know have these huge powers that are only rivaled by sort of a Ronaldo Al Nasser. It is. And I mean, I, I completely agree. You know, Kylian Mbappe is extremely protective of his image and rightly so. And if I were him, I would not my, want my image being associated with PSG in any in any terms because they are a, a clown car of a club on and off the pitch. They don't run themselves well. Um, he needs to get out of there. And, you know, of course, I totally understand why he found it very hard under pressure, not just from PSG and the French football hierarchy, but from the president of France to stay. I understand why he felt he couldn't go. But let's be, I think we all get the sense that deep down Mbappe wanted to go and naturally that PSG, 
I mean, they need Mbappe, but they do kind of need to move on a little bit from this this star, you know, this obsession with stars. And but Mbappe is the one you want because he's Parisian. He's phenomenal. He's um, you know very. He's you know he's a, he's a Hollywood superstar. He plays in, plays football, but um, you know it can't all be about the stars anymore at, at PSG. It needs to be about a team. Um, so kind of a clean break seems like it's in everyone's interests right now. Yeah, like, I I'd love to see the the just the viewership on just the drama between PSG players and their fans. I think it's rivaling some of the CBS soap operas that you see during daytime television because there's just it's never enough. It's never enough. Just when you think, ah, the Neymar situation. Okay, it's done. Ah, Mbappe, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Ah, it's done. Messi, he's going to sign a new contract. I'm not surprised by this. PSG, you are the drama queens, just like Chelsea this season, of world football. You're rivaling Chelsea. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. No, but on the football side of things, little things like this add up when you think of Kylian Mbappe's decision of should I stay or should I go? And I think if things like this continue – he will go sooner rather than later. Mike, real quickly on this match that's coming up for PSG this weekend, they play a Nice side that's in great form. They're unbeaten in 14 yeah. across all competitions. Zero defeat all competitions at home since October 2022. So a tough game for PSG here. Be very weary. We talked with last week with JJ about PSG Liga, potential title race. Keep an eye on the Lance game. If Lance get a result ahead of this PSG game, Nice are the team that have been party spoilers in Liga this season. They will relish the opportunity to knock PSG off their perch, and I think they'll do it. All right, we have some breaking news. That is coming your way right after a short break. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, welcome back to the Champions. Breaking news. Take it away, James Bench. Yes, big news for Manchester United. So big news for Mike Lahoud, no doubt. Christian Eriksen is back in the Man United squad to play Everton tomorrow, 12.30 in the UK, 7.30 Eastern. That's like pretty massively ahead of, of schedule. I think we were talking yeah. late late April and Ten Hag himself has said he thought that, well, he feared that Eriksen would be out of, for the season after that tackle uh, by yeah. Andy Carroll. This is massive for... Uh, Man United, because frankly, without uh, Casemiro and without Ericsson, they do not look anything like a top four side. With them, they definitely do. Yeah, this is, you said the words massive. This is a breath of fresh air. I'm thinking about going on a bank holiday myself today after our show, of course. This is something that you need if you're Tin Hog. You're competing on multiple fronts. It's almost like getting a new signing to finish out the season. Erickson, yes, he's the metronome alongside Casemiro midfield, but what he did in his contribution, services on set pieces, 
United don't score as many set pieces, and they haven't since Erickson's got out. He's still one of the top assist getters on the team and has been out for a while now. Look for him to pick up where he left off. All right, let's move on to the Bundesliga. There's a great battle at the top of the table finally this season, although the title may be over after Bayern's win against Borussia Dortmund last week in emphatic fashion. Uh, let's have a quick look and touch upon the fact that Freiburg play at home against Bayern Munich this weekend after Freiburg beating Bayern Munich in the DFB Pokal and sending them out at the quarterfinal stage. Uh, Borussia Dortmund taken on Union Berlin, which is second against third. Borussia Dortmund have lost three of their last five games across all competitions after being on such a great run here um an all-round look here james bench top four going head to head how did the table look at the end of this match day well it was interesting what you were saying that you think the title's gone for dortmund and of course like such a blow to lose to your former boss who's kind of come in to steady the ship at bayern munich and yet you know i know union berlin have turned it back around a little bit wins in their last two league games but that you know that third position and that their spot in the title race when you looked at all the expected goals and all that it always looked a little bit false and I think you know if you can if, if you're Dortmund and you can win against Union Berlin suddenly does that give you a little bit of pep a little bit of boost in your step I know Freiburg have been well they've been really hard to beat of late haven't they and that's kind of how you've got to think about it the goal difference is pretty strongly in Bayern's favour but still if you can draw neck and neck on points with Bayern this weekend. And that's what I think is going to happen. Then I think maybe we'll stop, you know, unless Nigel Rio Coke is on the pod, we'll stop talking about this as a done title race. I think this might have one or two twists left. Yeah. Don't, don't sleep on Union Berlin. They recently got knocked out by Antrik Frankfurt. And that's, that's a game that I think will decide Dortmund's fate in the end. After this game, that's their biggest matchup of the season. And then the schedule is a bit more favorable. Borussia Dortmund, man, I I don't know what it is. It's as soon as we think they're going to do something, we see the script play out season in and season out. It makes me just wonder though, if something's happened behind the scenes with a player like Jude Bellingham, ever since the hype, which is more than deserved ahead of that Champions League tie at Stamford Bridge, he didn't show up, and he really hasn't been the same player since. He is such a big factor in everything that they do. If his head starts leaning towards what's next and what's coming this summer, then it could be a downhill turn for Dortmund. Bayern Munich are favourites to win this game as far as I'm concerned after being um, somewhat humiliated and knocked out of the DFB Pokal Cup against Freiburg, which congratulations to Freiburg. Really happy for them. They are a, a cup team. They did very well make it to the final last year against Leipzig where they lost. Um, but watch out for this other game. Onya Berlin, don't rule them out against Borussia Dortmund. This could be a scoring game here. Dortmund are vulnerable right now. Pretty poor defensively. Schlotterbeck, if I'm not mistaken, is still kind of injured here. So don't know if he's back for this game or not. But he has been um, maybe one of the better defenders. I don't rate Homo at all and I think Union Berlin can certainly get at that Borussia Dortmund backline and now my concern is about scoring goals for Dortmund because Alaire missed out in the last game um, then you've got uh, Mukoku not necessarily in form right now Marco Royce is trying to push and push from that attacking midfield position I think they need a lot more help from midfield than um, we're maybe even speaking about but I thought it was an interesting decision to leave Jude Bellingham on the bench in the cup game bring him on for about 20 minutes I'm not sure what that tells me although I did have a quick look at the kicker magazine this morning and it said that um Aiden Terzic has said he's not sending him on vacation he was just uh, giving him a quick break so he can rejuvenate and get back and ready for this game against Union Berlin now you're at a cup competition 
that's an interesting decision to make. All right, final thoughts before we get out of here. There's a couple of games we want to turn our attention to. Mike, it's Benfica against Porto today. Benfica won their last eight across all competitions, top of the table by 10 points. They're clearly cruising their way to a title. Porto only one loss on the road this season. They are on the road to Benfica Lisbon. What gives in this game? I think Benfica continue to cruise because they have both I mean, both teams have had so much to play for, but they will have one eye with the cushion that they have in league play. They'll have one eye on this match, which is always a big affair, but they will have another bigger eye on the Champions League to come. Motivation factor is in their favor, and I think they'll get the result. Do you, yeah, do you, think, uh, do you think Porto might like Shet? Give them some notes. Are they interested in the good of foot, Portuguese football ahead of that Inter Milan yet? Because like Benfica are clearly just they've got to just be warming up and and all eyes on that that Inter tie. This this title is like it's totally done for them. I think they've dropped I agree. a little bit bit quicker maths three seven points all season. My maths not so much. Yep. Reliable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Portuguese titles in the bag. They need to think about how they can knock out Inter Milan, which I think they can do. Mm-hmm. Quite amazing achievement from Benfica, considering the fact that they've sold uh, more talent in this last season and even more talent the season before and then before that, and uh, apparently over a billion of talent over the last five or six years. It's crazy to think uh, that you can still be so successful and dominant at home. So happy to see that title race, but good luck to Porto today. I hope they make a game of it against Benfica. Uh, there is another game, James, that I'd like to bring Ooh, to your yes. attention. It is, of course, the old firm game. Um, it is uh, Celtic and Rangers going head-to-head against each other. Uh, this is a good game. I mean, Celtic, in my opinion, they win this game. They pretty much got the title wrapped up yeah. uh, anyway. They might already have that anyway. But Rangers are a better team under Michael Beal and might make this game inter- interesting. I think you quite often see these games towards the end of a Scottish season, don't you, where it's actually not about the title. It's about setting the the tone for next season. I mean, look, Celtic are nine points clear. They've Again, we're talking teams, how, how many points they've dropped. I think they've dropped five all season. So unless Rangers win, like there's absolutely no no chance of Celtic getting caught. Um, it will not happen. And even if Celtic uh, Rangers win, it still probably won't happen that Celtic get caught. But like you say, Michael Beale's taking them places, you know, unbeaten in a very, very long time. And he, he needs to be thinking about how do I set, the tone for next season that we are ready to to compete with Celtic at the at the top level and that we can go and win 27 28 games out of 30 because that, that's the standards of winning in this this league get up early as well folks in America I think it's a 7:30 eastern kickoff you can have man united I mean don't watch man united everton it'll be rubbish watch celtic rangers much better Mike, can't hear you Excuse me. I was just screaming. Don't say that, James. Don't say that. Watch the game. Watch the game. No, for those of you watching and all our fans, our host, Ian Joy, is definitely wearing a kilt. He got up before coming on the show. So he's definitely in the mood. Oh, 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 there we go. He's getting in the mood for the old firm derby. One player who has really stepped up for Celtic, and I, I, I think Celtic will win this matchup, although it will be a tense affair, is Fuduhashi. He was a difference in the League Cup final, and I think it'll be the difference in this matchup. And I like watching him when they were in the UEFA Champions League. He will be a talking point. 
recently left out the Japan national team as well. Um, certainly has a proven point when it comes to big games. There's no bigger games in Scottish football than the old firm game. Good luck to both teams. May the best team win. Rangers are under your note there, James. They did lose that cup final to Celtic. Furuhashi getting a couple of goals in that game. And the only points that they did drop this season in 2023 was a draw, if I'm not mistaken, early on uh, in the new year. January 2nd, it was a draw. I think that was at home to Celtic. So interesting to see how that ends up. Mike, before we do get out of here, because we're just hitting 40 minutes here, you have absolutely rattled Vic in the comments here. He is saying that PSG hasn't won anything reasonable, Mike. This Chelsea comparison is absolutely killing me. So explain yourself, Michael, before we go. If you look at just the off-the-field things, with Chelsea, it's been a lot of on-the-field. They're struggling to score goals, but in terms of the drama off-the-field, PSG, it's what's happening in the locker room, the stars, the, the discontent. I mean, drama is drama. doesn't matter where it's coming from. I tune in. If this was a soccer soap opera, if we could create a channel, I would tune in week in and week out on just those two teams. Vic, your team, until they start taking care of business across all fronts, thanks for giving me the drama. I'm still tuning in. James, where are you going this weekend? Which games are you watching? I'm going, I'm going nowhere because um, I'll be obviously watching Liverpool Arsenal. <laughs> it is, um, it's Easter weekend. It's Great Britain. So the public transport systems are diabolical. So I'm going to stick myself down in front of the, uh, in front of the TV, enjoy, enjoy some good football and enjoy. You know, finally, it's taken me three years of working here. But finally, I managed to get my Paramount Plus login working. You might not have the football here. I haven't even been told to say this, but like the movies on there are phenomenal. So we're going to do a bit of a screen marathon one of the evenings as well. So you'll be able to watch the Galazzo Network then? That's what you're saying? Ah. No, because I don't live in America. Oh, so you can't get the Galazzo Network on Sadly, we can't get that stuff. Um, not that I would oh, want to no. discourage anyone in the UK. <laughs> As I say, you know, I've got Yellow Jackets is on the watch list. I'm looking forward to watching that in a moment. We're, we're binging through the movies, but uh, very much enjoying my uh, my Paramount Plus. And I have not been told to say that. But if I had, well, I would also a, be saying that I haven't been told to say that. There is a reminder there. April 11th, Galata Network begins. Uh, of course, uh, a lot happening across the CBS mm-hmm. Sports families as well. Um, Morning Footy will be kicking off on April 11th. There's also other shows around Morning Footy. You may even see a familiar face on that network across yeah. the opening week. So look forward to that. And at some point, there's no doubt House of Champions will have a role to play in the Galazzo Network as well. Um, everybody have a great Easter weekend. James, enjoy your bank holiday day today and Monday as well. Everybody out there, I hope you're enjoying the Masters on Paramount Plus as I'm Ooh, watching yeah. right now. Um, it's been awesome. You look Other- dressed like you're about to go yeah. up on the first day. And- <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about reason. There's a reason why I wore this today. It is, of course, for the Masters and honors the Masters. I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the tournament as well. So uh, thanks to you boys as well. Mike, enjoy yourself this weekend. Major League Soccer action as well. Tough one for Austin away at LAFC. I will be at NYCFC's game against Atlanta United, which is a big game as well. I'm going to that one. So next week, we've got a full host of shows coming your way, obviously, with the Champions League returning. Uh, We're going to be very, very active. So continue to follow us across our social media platforms as much as possibly can um, for latest shows. And there's a lot of shows coming next week as well. We'll be starting very early in the Eastern times on Monday morning. So be sure to tune in for that one. But a shout out and a thank you to everybody for listening to House the Champions. Take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on all of your favorite podcast platforms available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We're also available as videos. So subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Everybody out there, thank you so much for jumping in the chats. Boys, have a great weekend. Happy Easter, everyone.
bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.